Welcome to the best podcast in the history of mankind. It's Monty's Rockcast. And now, here's your host, Monty Coleman. Hey, 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 I'm Monty Colvin, and this is The Rockcast. I don't know that people were aware of that. Thank you so much for joining me, and wow, today I just have so much planned. In fact, I've got so much to tell you, I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to answer some questions, I'm going to play some cool tunes, and I'm also going to read you one of my top ten lists. Oh! That's right, not one of your top tens. No, it's going to be mine, and therefore a really good top ten. Which reminds me, you know, every year for about the last 10 or 12 years, I've had my top ten playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? That's right. Playoffs? But I'm so sorry to tell you this, but uh, this year's top 10 playoffs have been canceled uh, because of COVID. Really? Uh, Yeah, that and the fact that uh, people kind of stopped sending me top 10s. There you have it. Which is fine. I understand. You probably ran out of ideas for top 10 lists. So from now on, we'll just leave it to the expert, uh, which is me. But I will get to that later. Right now, I'm going to tell you what I've been up to. Wild horses could not drag me away. First of all, in February, I celebrated Black History Month by forcing myself to watch some NBA basketball. Which is kind of weird and sad because basketball used to be my favorite sport. I used to play basketball in high school and NBA players were my heroes. But LeBron James and the rest of those a-holes have ruined it for me. They're arrogant and I'm just so sick of their politics. And I just find it ironic that they're constantly talking about racial equality when when I watch a game, I don't see a white guy on the court unless he happens to be from, say, uh, Lithuania. But I did manage to make it through a couple of quarters of one game, and that's how I celebrated Black History Month. I'm not down with that! However, in fairness, and since we're all so worried about equality these days, I think March should be White History Month, and we should all watch some bowling. What the hell?! Yeah, well, maybe not. Now that I think about it, uh, that would be racist. That's right. And if it's one thing that I've learned from watching TV, it's that there's nothing worse than racism. Oh, yeah! Seems like all that Biden and the Democrats are concerned about is white supremacy. And everything is racist. And you want to know where all this obsession with racism began? Well, I can tell you. It started with O.J. Say what? That's right, it's O.J. Simpson's fault. What drug are you smoking? And here's the deal. Back in the 90s, the cops were constantly being called to O.J.'s house because he was always beating the crap out of his wife, Nicole. Well, eventually, O.J. killed his wife and another guy, and we all knew it. There was a mountain of evidence. His blood and DNA were all over everything. It was obvious. But when it went to court, O.J.'s defense lawyer, Johnny Cochran, made the whole thing about racism. And he somehow got those jurors to believe that it was racist white cops who had planted evidence and framed O.J. And from then on, no matter what happens, just blame it on white cops, which makes all white people guilty. That's a very, very good point. So there you go. It's OJ's fault. Don't forget that. I really don't understand how it's so damn hard for people to comprehend. And so I'm sick of hearing people talk about racism, and I'm sick of talking about it too. So let me move on to something else that bugs me. Like, uh, technology. You see, I have two websites. I make videos and put them on YouTube. I have a podcast. And I've recorded entire albums by myself. You would think I would have a pretty good handle on all this internet and computer stuff. But no, it absolutely drives me insane. For instance, when I tried to upload the last episode of this podcast, I started getting those messages about critical errors. 
And so once again, I go to GoDaddy and I say, can you help me? And they're like, oh, sure. You see, your website is broken. And what you're going to need to do is give us another 250 bucks and we'll fix it. And so I did, and about a week later, it was back up. And come to find out, it was some hackers had put some malware on there. And I'm not even totally sure what malware is, but I know this, those hackers that do that kind of thing, there is a special place in hell for you guys. And someday when you're sitting there in your torturous fire, I will be laughing. Go to hell where you came from! Another thing that kind of drives me nuts is all the censorship that's going on with social media. Like on Facebook, if you say something or put a meme up that they don't like, you're going to Facebook jail. And I've talked to some of you guys and I'll say, what happened? And uh, they'll say, uh, yeah, I put up a picture of a fully clothed porn star. Or uh, I said something negative about Biden. How dare you? And here was a weird one. A week or so ago, I put up a video on YouTube of me painting Stevie Nicks. And I wanted to put some background music on it, but, you know, I knew I can't use a real song by Stevie Nicks. So I found a karaoke version of Edge of Seventeen. And it was literally six minutes of digga 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 digga. And that was it. So I posted it, and within minutes, I got a notification that my video had been blocked in certain countries. Oh my gosh. Yeah, apparently there's a copyright on digga 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 digga. Well, yeah. So whatever. They didn't block it in the U.S., so I just said, screw it, I'm leaving it up. So if you live in a country where it is not blocked and you can see it, uh, please check it out. It shows me doing a painting from beginning to the end, and uh, a lot of people on Facebook seem to like it. And I even got a question on that from John Paul LeClaire. And of course, I've known John Paul for a long time. In fact, years ago, I suggested he change his name from LeClaire to Georgringo. Because I thought it would be really cool if you could walk up to somebody and say, Hi, I'm John Paul Georgringo. Huh? Yeah, but uh, he still goes by LeClaire, so whatever. I guess he did not like my suggestion, but uh, he did have this question. He says, Monty, have you ever started a painting, got so far, and then effed it up and had to start over? Uh, well, the answer to that question is yes, I mess them up almost every time, but I rarely start over. You see, with me, the one thing I know when I start a painting is that it's going to go through a stage where it's really, really ugly. And I call that the ugly stage. And it happens almost every time uh, I get to a place where I look at the painting and I just go, my God, how am I ever going to make this look good? But that's when I push myself to keep working on it. And if something looks bad, I just change it. It's kind of like writing a song. Sometimes the chorus is great, but the verses suck. So you just change the verses. And the thing is, is that I don't really know what a painting is going to look like when I start it. You know, it's just kind of an adventure. Each one uh, presents uh, new problems and uh, new solutions. And I guess that's what keeps me doing them. It's kind of that excitement of uh, how's it going to turn out. And some of them are really challenging, but I've kind of gotten to the point where I've got a process, I've got a technique, and uh, most of them turn out pretty good these days. There's been a few that I just stopped and quit on that I just kind of put in the closet, and uh, maybe I'll go back to it someday. But most of them I'm pretty happy with. But enough of my artsy-fartsy talk. Uh, how about we do my top ten list? I'm kind of excited about this. And this idea was suggested to me by Darren Thurman Smith up in Canada. And Darren wrote me to say, Hey, Monty, I did a lot of songwriting in my day, and I hear people say that they kind of think of them as their kids and don't have favorites. But let's face it, sometimes you prefer one kid over the other. But Darren says, Out of all the songs you've written, what are your top ten favorites? And I thought about it, and you know, I don't think I've ever done a list of my favorite songs that I've written. Over the years, I've done my top 10 Beatles songs, I've done my top 10 uh, Rush songs, but never my own. 
So here you go. And if you're a new listener who isn't really familiar with uh, what I do, uh, well, uh, this may be kind of boring for you. Uh, yeah. If you've never heard a Galactic Cowboy or Crunchy song, then, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you may not know what I'm talking about, but I will play clips as we go along. And so let's get started at number 10 with a song I wrote back around 89 for the Galactic Cowboys' first album, and it's called Kill Floor. And the reason I like this song is because the verses are almost kind of poppy. And that guitar part that Dane is playing is something that I derived from a band called The Producers, who were this 80s pop band that I really liked. And I took that and I put it with some thrash metal stuff in the pre-chorus and chorus. And you had the harmony vocals and just all the crazy stuff that uh, Galactic Cowboys were doing that I don't think anyone else was doing at the time. So like I said, I wrote this song around 89 in the basement of my in-laws house. And they lived all the way out in western Kansas and they had a big meat packing factory out there right by them. And my father-in-law at the time told me a story about a guy that used to work at that plant years ago. And apparently his job was to hit the cows over the head with a hammer. And legend has it that it just finally drove him insane. And I found that all really fascinating, and so I went downstairs, picked up a guitar, and just wrote this song. And to this day, it's just a blast to play live. Number nine on my list is from my crunchy Loserville album. It's a ballad called Hard Goodbyes. I did all the lead and background vocals on this album, and I'm just still really proud at the way this song turned out. Oh, sit and watch me 
at number eight on my list, it's off the Machine Fish album by Galactic Cowboys, and it's called The Ninth of June. Back in the early 90s, there was a preacher that predicted that the world was going to end on the 9th of June, and of course it didn't. So I wrote a song about it, and it's still a great song to play live. However, my only regret about this song is that I titled it The 9th of June. Because every year on the 9th of June, I get all kinds of messages and people uh, posting on my Facebook, Hey, it's the 9th of June. Yeah, I get it. number seven, once again, it's off my Loserville album uh, by my solo project Crunchy. It's called Loserville. And I actually started writing this song back when Galactic Cowboys were working on our songs for At the End of the Day. And we were in one of our rehearsals and I started playing that riff and I'm like, oh, this might be cool. And I said, hey guys, what do you think of this? And they just kind of looked at me with these blank stares. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just save that for myself. I'm not sure exactly how many people uh, heard this Loserville album, but uh, I don't think a lot of people realized, even if they heard it, that it was a concept album. I wrote all the songs and uh, put them in order to form a story. And it's about this nerdy guy that meets this hot rocker chick, and he gets a crush on her, he falls in love with her, and then everything falls apart. And strangely, ironically, and sadly, uh, I ended up living out this story in my real life. And not before I wrote this album, but after. So I guess it would be instead of uh, art imitating life, it would be life imitating art.
At number six on my list of favorite songs that I've written, it's off my crunchy All Day Sucker album, and it's called Missile Silo. this after having a conversation with my then brother-in-law and he was telling me he thought it would be really cool to buy one of those big missile silos out in Kansas and uh, turn it into a house and so I took the idea and ran with it and I played a guitar solo at the end of the song and it's a really fun song to play live when I do crunchy gigs and I live in a Number five, it's another song off the crunchy Loserville album. It's called Aftertaste. forget when I wrote this song. I was with my first wife and I said, uh, hey, I'm writing this song called Why Does Love Suck? And for some reason I thought she'd say, oh cool, but instead uh, she did not like that. You wonder why? Yeah, she did not seem to uh, be happy or like that at all. So I ended up changing it to Why Does Love Taste So Bad? And honestly, uh, I don't think she liked that any better.
At number four, it's another Galactic Cowboys song. It's Stress off the Machine Fish album. And the reason I like this song is because it rocks. It's a great song to play live, but it also reminds me of what I was going through when I wrote it. We had just gotten dropped by Geffen and uh, we were trying to get re-signed. And I'd wait around my apartment for hours waiting for our manager or a label or somebody to call me. And this was before I had a cell phone, so if I left, then uh, I would miss the call. And of course, that's what would happen every single time if I even left for like five minutes. And I was just a bundle of nerves and anxiety, and so I wrote this. At number three, it's off the second Galactic Cowboys album, Space In Your Face. And it's a song called You Make Me Smile. And when I think about this song, it's just so kind of uh, weird and unique. Because the music is basically metal and thrash. But then you've got this pop chorus with these harmony vocals. And keep in mind, we did this song in 93 before all the metalcore and uh, screamo stuff was around. So kind of ahead of its time, if I say so myself.
Okay, so the weirdest thing about this song to me is the lyrics. Because I basically wrote it about having an argument with my first wife. We'd always get mad at each other and have these fights, but then, uh, you know, you'd work it out and things would be fine for a while. But the words, you make me smile, have to be the most uh, non-metal, least thrash lyrics ever written. But on the other hand, it's so different that uh, I'm really proud of it. Number two on my list was on my crunchy Clown School Dropout album. It was the second solo album I did, and uh, I played all the instruments, sang all the parts. Uh, I hired a drummer to do the drums, but uh, everything else I did myself. And for the most part, it was kind of a punk pop album. But in amongst all of that was a ballad called A Better Place, and it's my second favorite song that I've ever written. Year after year, I'm blinded by the lights just like a deer. Sick of the trials, no pain, no gain, but I can see you smile and go the extra mile. So I put this Crunchy album out in 2003, but I had actually written the melody for this song back in the mid-80s. It started out as an instrumental, and I wrote words and rearranged it and rewrote some of it, and it ended up being this, and I just uh, still love it. I like the way I sang it, I like the keyboard strings that I added to it, and really the only thing that still disappoints me is that more people didn't hear it because I still think this was just a really good song. And that would bring us to number one. This is also off my crunchy Clown School Dropout CD. And it's the last track on the album, and it's called Lift You Up. 
And even though I pride myself as being a metal guy and I've written a lot of heavy songs over the years, this ballad is my favorite song that I've ever written. And I wrote it about my daughter Zoe, who was just a few years old at the time. And while I was recording this album, she had gone to see her grandma for a few days, and she had called me and left a message on my answering machine. And I took that and put it on the beginning of this song, and uh, I swear to God, I get choked up every single time I hear it. Hello, Daddy. I miss you so much. Can't wait to see you again. I love you. I love you. Sleeping in a shopping cart. Running through the penguin park. Filling up the holes of my heart every day. Reaching down to pick you up. I know you got a special cup. Spilling over, I'll fill it up again. Now, I know a lot of people never heard this song, and maybe most people never heard this song, but it still meant the world to me. It was a documentation and expression of how I feel about my daughter, and that's really all that matters, because isn't that kind of what good songwriting should be about? Not whether it's a hit or how many people heard it or how much it sold, but did it convey a feeling? And for me, this song did it. And that's why it's my number one favorite song that I have ever written. I'm going to answer some more listener questions later and stuff like that. But right now, I have to address an important issue. And I know we're all sick of hearing about COVID and all the pandemic crap that we've been dealing with for the last year. But the other day, I got a chance to talk to somebody who is an expert on the subject. I mean, this guy is brilliant. Uh, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that he is a genius. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say it. He knows more than all of us about everything. His name is Dr. Fraudzi, and uh, the other day I got to have a conversation with him on the phone, and I thought I'd play it for you. So here you go. All right. Hello, Dr. Fraudzi. Hello. Well, let me just say, it is an honor to talk to you. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm always happy to get some attention. Well, you must be pleased with the way things are going now. Uh, COVID cases are in rapid decline. No. And what? Things may seem better, but they're actually not. Oh, well, that's a surprise. Uh, we've got vaccines now. and No, things are very, very bad. Really? Yes. We will not be returning to normal for the next two or three years. 
Oh, man. So, uh, we're gonna have to keep wearing the stupid masks? That's right. And in fact, you should not only wear a mask, you should wear up to four or five masks. What, at the same time? That is correct. Oh, come on. Yes. Four or five masks? Yes, you will obey. Oh, please. A year ago, you told us there was no reason to wear a mask at all. Well, that is correct. The masks might make you feel better, but they actually do nothing. So why on earth do we have to keep wearing them? Well, because I said so. I see. So it's kind of the same retarded logic that made us lock down everything and ruin the economy. Well, yes, you could say that. Okay, well, let me ask you this. The statistics say that the virus does not really affect children. Well, yes, I would say that kids could probably go back to school right now. Oh, okay. But they should not. Oh, what? That could be very, very dangerous. Really? However, I would say if you don't have a problem with putting your kids in danger, then go right ahead. Okay. But just make sure that they wear a mask. Oh, okay. Well, uh, then how about, uh, you know, how about concerts? If we wear a mask, can we go to an outdoor festival? No. No? Why not? I would say that you're not gonna see any more large gatherings. Oh, really? Uh, no ball games? No. But we've got the vaccine now. You promised. Uh, you know, what about parties? No. So, no weddings? Absolutely not. Well, can I just go out on a date and have dinner with one other person? Not unless you're a selfish bastard and you want to kill thousands of people. So basically what you're saying is uh, none of us should ever have any fun ever again. Unfortunately, yes, that is what I am saying. So uh, what would be your advice? Well, I would say, first of all, stay at home. Possibly for the next three years. Right. Spray Lysol over everything. Uh-huh. Turn on your TV and watch CNN. Uh-huh. And above all, never ever take off your mask. Okay, Dr. Frodzy. Well, I have one last question. Yes, go right ahead. Uh, considering that you've been wrong about just about everything that you've said, uh... Why does anyone listen to you anymore? Well, that's actually a very good question. Well, thank you. And I'm not really sure, but uh, I think it might be that, uh, you know, people are just stupid. Ah, just kind of gullible? Yeah. They just kind of follow and do what they're told? Yes, that is correct. All right, well, thank you for being with us, Dr. Frodzy. Uh, you are absolutely brilliant. You are welcome. Now that is fake news, right there. So there you go, Dr. Frodzy, uh, always informative. And it looks like I'm out of time, so I'll have to get to those listener questions on the next episode. But before I go, I wanted to mention just a couple of things. First of all, if this episode wasn't self-indulgent enough, if you want to hear me talk some more and you want to learn more about me, I did an episode of the Unsung Dreamers podcast a month or so ago, and it's hosted by Dan and Tara, a couple of really cool people, and we just had a blast. They talked to me for two hours, and the episode's two hours long, and it covers everything from my childhood to Galactic Cowboys to everything. So check that out. It's the Unsung Dreamers podcast. It is spectacular. Also, an update from the last episode where I talked about the song, Where Are You Now? And I mentioned this girl in college that I had dated for about three years but hadn't seen her or talked to her since. Well, Rockcast listener Matt in St. Louis got a hold of me. And he said, hey, would you like to see if I could find her? And I said, sure, man, give it a shot because I can't find anything on the internet. And the next morning, I get a message, and there's a link, and he says, Is this her? And I looked, and oh my god, that was her. 
and I sent her a message and I said, hey, it's Monty. Remember me from college? But as of yet, uh, she has not answered. And it doesn't look like she's updated her Facebook page in about seven years. And so I don't know. And I probably won't hear from her again, but uh, if I do, I'll let you know. We're all sitting here with bated breath. Let's see, what else? Uh, thanks to Nancy Priscilla Niles for commissioning me to do that uh, Stevie Nicks painting. And thanks to Matt in KC for having me do some flowers for his wife. And if you'd like to have me do something for you, just drop me an email or a message on Facebook. And you can always buy stuff off my website, monicalvinart.com. And if you want any of those crunchy CDs, uh, let me know. Just uh, email me and I'll tell you how to get them. I also have crunchy and rockcast t-shirts, so let me know on that also. Hell no, I'm not doing it! And finally, it's February, which means I have a birthday this month, which means I turn 62. Good Lord! That's right, I'm 62. Don't mess with me or I'll tell you to get off my lawn. Whoa. Uh, however, I don't have a lawn, so don't worry about it. But I gotta say, when I was a young man and I dreamed about my future and thought about what it would be like when I got into my 60s, uh, this is exactly what I imagined. Living alone in a one-room apartment with no wife or family and begging people to buy my paintings, CDs, and t-shirts. Wildly sad. But I'll be honest, uh, I'm actually doing really well. I'm feeling pretty good, knock on wood, and I'm very, very blessed. I'm making lots of new friends, I'm doing some of the best work I've ever done, and I continue to discover lots of good music. And I'm going to end the show by playing a song by a band that I just found on YouTube. They're called Tooth Grinder. And their name sounds like they're a death metal band or something like that, but they're really not. They used to be really hardcore, but uh, now they're just getting more and more melodic. And I just love this song. It's got some great vocal harmonies on it, and uh, it's called I Am by Tooth Grinder. But that's going to do it for me for now. I'll be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care. Don't let anyone tell you what to like. Unless it's me. And rock on.